Well, hello there, good evening and welcome to that Haunt Guy podcast. Your home of hauntings, true crimes, maybe the odd conspiracy and well... Anything else on that spooky side of life? My name is Mark and I'll be your disembodied voice of a host this evening. Is there something else for us after death? A thin veil lurking just beyond the limits of human perception? Waiting, just... waiting for us to cross over. And if so, can something on the other side cross over into our plane of existence? There are so many ideas of what lies out there beyond what we experience in our day-to-day lives. Well, for most of us anyway. Otherwise we wouldn't have the abundance of ghostly tales stretching across time and cultures for centuries past. Indeed, it's put best by the author Arthur C. Clarke who once wrote, Behind every man now alive stand thirty ghosts, for that is the ratio by which the dead now outnumber the living. Before we dive into this world of ghosts and ghouls, however, I thought we might first explore the different types of hauntings that come from these narratives. With caution, however, as some are definitely more sinister than others. So, sit back, relax, ignore those eyes peering at you from the darkness, and let's spiral in together, shall we? Now, let's first discuss how spirits and entities out there may present themselves to us, because that'll help us understand the types of hauntings we may happen upon in this world. Through a lot of reading and research of the spirit world, I've split their different manifestations into four categories. So, firstly, imagine, if you will, you're just back from a short city break. While you were there, of course, you and your friends took pictures at all the local tourist hotspots, including at the cathedral. And when you're looking through these images when you get back, you notice they've all got something in common, floating. All around you and your friends are small, circular balls of light. And these are our first form of spirit manifestation, also known as spirit orbs. These so-called spirit orbs present themselves as small balls of translucent light. Some are simply white, but they can vary greatly in colour. They're usually made up of an unbroken outer circle, and within this lies an intricate pattern of weaving light. I wrote that myself, and I think it's very poetic. Now, these orbs mostly show up in pictures, especially in older buildings or graveyards, uh, but if you're lucky, you can pick them up in moving video, and if you're very, very lucky, you may even be able to see them with the naked eye, flitting past you for just a split second. People are often surprised about how fast these orbs can move, and I'm sure there's plenty of videos if you want to look them up on YouTube. However, it's not really a surprise as it's said to be a soul that's travelling from one point to another on our side of the veil. The next way that spirits are said to present themselves is in the form of ectoplasm. Now, I understand that sounds like something straight out of Ghostbusters, but I assure you this is very, very real. Just picture it. You're exploring that old abandoned house at the top of the hill. This is coming from experience, by the way. Local ghost stories since you were a child have talked about ghosts walking its old halls, and now you wanted to see for yourself. Suddenly a chill fills the air, and sure it's drafty in there, but this chill isn't that. It's much, much colder. As if your very bones have fallen into an icy lake. And if you feel this, then you have just come across a manifestation of ghostly ectoplasm. Along with this chilly encounter, the actual manifestation of these is what's called an ectomist. Now, much like spirit orbs, these can sometimes be seen with the naked eye, but are much more likely to be caught on camera as a swirling vortex of lighter smoke. They can be white, grey or black in colour, and it's said that the darker they are, the more malevolent the entity is. They usually float just a few feet off the ground for some time before disappearing into thin air. 
And if you do happen to be in the situation of coming across one of these manifestations, I wouldn't want to stay in that cold spot for too long. You see, the energies they emit are said to be responsible for feeling uneasy or sick, which is very common in a haunted location. And if you stay in it for too long, they can become so overwhelming to the point of causing you to black out. Fear not, however, if you do find yourself within one of these swirling vortexes, they are generally quite easy to escape. All you have to do is simply take a sidestep and you should be out with its icy grip. However, if it starts to follow you, then you might have bigger problems on your hand. You don't want to make an attachment to a hostile entity now. The third way that spirits are said to present themselves is in the form of disembodied voices, like yours truly, as well as strange odours. Picture it, you're home alone reading your favourite book, and with some light jazz on in the background, just to spice things up a bit. And then you hear it, coming from the room next door, a whisper. Is that your name? No, no, it must have just been the breeze, your mind playing tricks on you. Brush it off, continue reading. Then you hear it again, much, much clearer this time. Hesitantly, you put down your book and head for the next room to investigate. <laughs> Images of all those serial killer documentaries you've watched fill your mind as you feel around for the light switch. And even you're surprised when Jeffrey Dahmer and Ted Bundy haven't risen from the grave to break into your home. What you do notice, however, is the distinct smell of smoke filling the room. You live alone, you don't smoke, and you frantically check the house for any signs of a fire. Nothing. Then you realise the smoke has a much more specific smell. It's just like those old Cuban cigars your grandfather used to smoke when you were a child. Looks like you might have a visitor coming by to see you. Now, depending on what type of manifestation you've come across, these sounds and smells can vary greatly from a sign of a loved one or for something much darker, which might not be as pleasant on the senses. Actually, funnily enough, as I record this, I had an experience of this just a few days ago. My, my poor old dear gran has now departed this earth. And while we were on the way to her funeral, I actually said to my mum when we were in the car, I can smell the smell of Gran's old coal fire. I didn't really think anything else of it, until I spoke to my dad at the funeral who said that his partner woke him up just a few days ago and said, your mum's been here. And he was like, what? And she was like, no, I can smell the coal fire. So I like to think she was giving us one last visit before moving on. Or, you know, maybe she's just keeping an eye on us. Now, the final way a spirit could present itself is how most people would imagine a ghost when you ask them. Again, we've got another little story. Imagine you're going to bed and don't forget to turn off the light at the end of your long, 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 long hallway corridor. Just as you do though, you swear you could see something at the other end. You swore you saw the shadow of a person. You turn the light back on and well, there's nothing, just a plant. Must have just been a shadow, you think, as you turn the light off again. This time you swear you saw something moving just at the moment the light turned off. This time, however, to your horror, you see what almost looks like the shadow of a person looking back at you before they fade away into nothingness. And what you have just witnessed is a full-body apparition. Now, these spectres can appear in many different ways, from wisps of smoke shaped like a body all the way to full translucent forms, or even something as real-looking as you or I. Well, my dear listeners, now we know the different forms that an entity might manifest itself into, let's move on to the types of hauntings that you yourself could experience. The first of these is what is known as a residual haunting. 
and these are the most common types of hauntings that exist mostly in historical places and old buildings. These are described as a photograph in time, an echo of the past if you will. They are energies left over from when a person who had close connections with a location have been left behind. These types of hauntings are the kind where you may see a full-bodied apparition walk through a wall that was once a door, or you may hear disembodied voices of conversations past. Although it could be startling for you to come across this, let me assure you that in the case of a residual haunting, the energies involved here are completely unaware of your very presence. In fact, they are almost stuck on an ethereal loop, lost in time, perhaps for eternity. There is no way that you or I would be able to communicate with these manifestations. They are not sentient or conscious. In fact, most likely they are not there at all, simply spectral echoes of the past. There is much speculation on how these residual hauntings are able to even exist and unfortunately for the entities that form these, it's often from times it was postulated with tragedy, pain and death. These powerful emotions left behind an imprint on a location where they were experienced and in turn left a trace of this very manifestation to live through these days forevermore. Moving on from residual hauntings, we come into the world of our next kind, and this is what is known as an intelligent haunting. Now, intelligent hauntings are what we would imagine as our traditional and classic hauntings, as these entities are aware of their surroundings and are able to interact with them. And yes, that does mean they can also interact with us. You see, these entities are the ones which exist in the spirit form of people past or perhaps something more otherworldly than the human form. An intelligent haunting is able to communicate with us in various ways. They can answer our questions with a bump or a knock, or perhaps through a dictaphone. They may even manifest in smells, voices, and full-bodied apparitions. Occasionally, they can also possess the ability to move objects around us. This ability should not be confused with a poltergeist, those are very different manifestations that we will move on to shortly. Intelligent hauntings can be friendly or, well, less so. If you're lucky it could be a long lost loved one returning to this mortal plane because they knew that we had to see them. Or it could be something much, much darker. A word of caution, however. No matter what form that you see these entities in, you can allow yourself to acknowledge their presence, but tread carefully as you don't want to form a connection with anything untoward that is, you know, posing as Grandmother Betsy from the past. I don't think anyone has a grandmother called Betsy unless we're in a sitcom, but you get my warning nonetheless. Let us now move on to our third types of haunting, and this is the realm of the poltergeist. Now, when you first hear this word, you may think of the 1980s horror film, but let me assure you that they are a little bit more than that. The term poltergeist translates from German to noisy ghost. These mischievous and sometimes malevolent entities get this title because of their inherent abilities to manipulate the environment around them, and this is most commonly understood to be for nefarious reasons. Although our intelligent hauntings do sometimes possess the ability to knock along to a question or to move some objects, a poltergeist, and for lack of a better term here, is like this on steroids. And this is why so many people believe these entities to be among the most terrifying. 
loud repetitive banging, lights being turned on and off, slamming doors and objects such as chairs being thrown across the room are all indicative of a poltergeist presence. Now these spiritual disturbances can remain harmless and end quickly, however on the occasion these happenings can intensify to the point they become dangerous and on the rare occasions some say that they can even materialise fires in your home. Now, with these entities there are various ideas out there of how they could occur. Some believe that they are a form of intelligent haunting, but a hateful one, and if you are unlucky enough to stray across its path then it will use this hateful energy to ward you off as they don't want anything of positive energy near them. Another idea is that they are a malevolent entity who formed an attachment to a living being such as you or I. Then they continue to feed off of our energy and this is how the spiritual activity grows over time. A poltergeist could form these attachments and act in these ways to keep others away from the person they've formed this connection with or simply just to terrify the unfortunate individual. The final idea of how a poltergeist could come to exist is that these beings are not a ghost at all and are in fact a manifestation of negative energy coming from a living person. It's said that these individuals who are stressed or in a depressive frame of mind can project this in a form of mental energy and in turn this creates a manifestation which causes these happenings. And of course they get caught in this vicious circle of these events only adding more and more to their mental state and then intensifying the manifestation's properties. Whatever the reason for these entities existing however does, in the end, come down to a mischievous and malevolent being who feeds on our anxiety and exists only to cause more harm than good. The next entities we may come across as a haunting are what are known to the world as shadow people. Now, let us begin by saying that shadowy creatures have been a staple of folklore for centuries, and these beings are no different as descriptions of human-like figures date back to ancient times. And even today, people report to seeing these beings all over the globe. Many of these sightings happen in a person's periphery vision, with them being unable to give any detail of what the entities look like apart from their human form and, occasionally, their red, glowing eyes. They are claimed to flicker in and out of vision, and indeed this could be them flickering in and out of this very mortal coil of existence. In recent times as well, it has been said that these shadow figures are allowing themselves to be seen more and more, with claims that they have even been visible in some people's line of vision and possibly even staring back at them. Many believe these entities are negative in nature due to the feelings of dread and unease that tend to accompany seeing them. However, with this being said, it's believed there are different types of shadow beings as not all sightings tend to give these feelings. I myself can attest to this as I have seen shadow beings before that didn't fill me with dread and per perhaps I'll tell this tale in the future. Experiences beyond the flitting in the corner of the eye tend to be at night, with the person waking up to see a shadow person standing at the bottom of their bed, observing them, before disappearing in front of their very eyes. There are also various stories out there of a person being attacked by these shadowy figures, leaving scratch marks on the body, and there is one shadow person in particular who is believed to be the worst to encounter. This entity is known simply as the Hat Man, a shadow person so volatile it is believed to be a demon.
And, well, this leads us on nicely, or perhaps not so nicely, onto our final type of haunting that you could encounter. And of course, this is a demonic entity. A demon is an entity which is believed to be the epitome of evil, and there are stories of these beings existing as long as time itself. Demonic entities are not simply an angry human spirit, they are an embodiment of wickedness and they only wish to cause us harm. You do not want to come across these entities under any circumstances. A demonic type of haunting can start off innocently. If there are any fans of The Exorcist listening out there then you'll know how that turned out for Regan. Once a demon has gained your trust, they can manifest themselves in some truly horrifying and malicious ways. Some warning signs that you may have come across a demonic presence eh, begin with feelings of utmost dread and despair. Now, of course, you can feel these with human spirits too, but it's nowhere near to the same extent a demonic presence will bear these feelings down on you. Accompanied with this, these entities can also cause us to have periods of completely blacking out. And unlike our ectoplasmic type of manifestations, I don't mean fainting, but I mean expanses of time will pass and we won't remember any of it. Another warning sign is that of vile odours, as they are able to materialise smells such as burning or rotten flesh, and of course demons are strongly associated with the smell of sulphur. Demons can also manifest sounds beyond anything animalistic. They are loud, oppressive sounds and they will terrify you to your core. And if you hear these aggressive sounds, then you will instantly know there was nothing of this earth. Another warning sign that you have come across one of these entities, and this is particularly in your own home, is the sudden appearance of flies. No matter how you try to get rid of them, they will always materialise, alive or dead, and just pile up around your house, particularly around windowsills as if they too are trying to escape a presence that brought them here. These are not the only terrifying acts that a demon can perform. Of course, other types of negative spirits can leave marks and scratches on our bodies, but they are nothing compared to what a demonic entity can do. These manifestations are able to leave deep lacerations on our bodies, they can leave bruises and they are able to burn us. Beyond all of this, it is also within a demon's ability to possess a person and cause them inner torment and cause them to act in many negative ways that they never would have before. Now you might wonder why demons do this and there are two distinct reasons. The first of these is that it is believed demons have never actually been alive and they are looking for a human host to inhabit. However, the second reason alongside this is these evil entities just enjoy causing suffering to us and they find pleasure in causing all these negative effects on our lives. Believe me, these entities are ones you never want to come across. And this is why many indeed recommend exercising caution when dealing with an entity as you might just be unlucky enough to encounter a demon. With that being said, however, my dear listeners, we come to the end of our different types of hauntings that you may encounter on this journey we call life. The ones we have discussed today of course come from a non-exhaustive list as the lore and history of ghosts is as varied as the cultures they hail from. So... Of course, stay cautious about this wonderful haunted world, but always heed caution when dabbling and who knows, perhaps you yourself could find yourself coming across a yet untold being. 
and if you consider that lucky or not will depend on your experience with the being. With that being said, I would just like to thank you all for listening with me this evening. I of course have been Mark or That Haunt Guy. You can feel free to follow me on this podcast for any future ones or on Instagram at That Haunt Guy. But apart from that, have a wonderful evening, watch out for that entity now behind you and sleep tight. <laughs>